You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, broadcast in January 2022. Today I talked to a professional cosplayer and it was an amazing conversation. Katie Haynes joins me today. We have collection protection and the most outrageous offer, but first, the longest running character in Doctor Who history, Fraser Hines. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the first episode of 2022. The podcast that, of course, explores the inclusive world of Doctor Who collecting, those who collect, issues surrounding Doctor Who collecting, and, of course, all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. I opened the first Doctor Who store in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans back in 1984, and we called it Bundles from Britain. And we are mentioned in a great book called Red, White, and Who, The Story of Doctor Who in America. Make it your New Year's resolution to buy this book. Uh, Bundles from Britain lives on page 384, and you can find a convenient link to buy this book on the front page of our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. We just want everybody to have a copy. I'm excited to say that we are a part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network, and you can find some great Doctor Who podcasts at directionpoint.org. If you happen to be a Doctor Who podcaster, nothing should stop you from joining our network today and join the ranks of podcasts such as Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, Traveling the Vortex, and The Old Doctor Who Show. For more information, visit directionpoint.org. And speaking of links, of course, my two go-to resources for Doctor Who collecting include timelash.com, the TARDIS library. Sign up for a free account and keep track of some of your Doctor Who collectibles, including books, cassette tapes, videotapes, Blu-rays, DVDs, laser discs, and some of those media items. Not all items can be cataloged there, but the bulk of those things can be for free. Thanks special to Dan O'Malley, who keeps that site free. If you want to find out what was available in Doctor Who uh, collecting that maybe you have never seen before, or you were curious when you heard the episode about the casket, then visit the Doctor Who Toy Box at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. This is, of course, Howe's Transcendental Toy Box, the work of David J. Howe, who's a great friend and a great resource for collectors. Of course, if you're also looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices and new items coming in all the time, visit DoctorWhoStore.com, which is run by Alien Entertainment. Find them on their eBay store as well. They have what you need. You can also find great items at Forbidden Planet, one of our sponsors. Just visit our website. In addition to all of our podcasts posted on our website, we also have the Complete Guide to Doctor Who Classic Hardcover Books. 
We're constantly updating that database to include additional printings, proof of life of those additional printings, as people reach out to us with those photo proofs that those books actually do exist, and as much as we can the up-to-date, what is this book worth? in real terms, not what some eBay seller thinks they can get for it, but what it should go for. We list reprints that some people don't even know about. Now that Chicago TARDIS 2021 is behind us, uh, we look, of course, forward to Chicago TARDIS 2022. So keep ChicagoTARDIS.com in your bookmarks and experience the best Doctor Who experience in the Midwest. I am extremely honored to be the official collecting expert for Chicago TARDIS. And if you want to go back to the virtual uh, convention that we did in 2020, you can see the Doctor Who collecting panel that I present on the Chicago TARDIS YouTube and Facebook page, also on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast YouTube page under playlists. We have that video as well. So I will have up Chicago TARDIS updates when they happen. I want to make a special thank you to all of our sponsors for the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, which include Forbidden Planet. And again, you can get great merchandise from Forbidden Planet by just visiting our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com, select Doctor Who Merchandise links, and click through to the item you'd like to buy. You don't have to do anything special. You can you buy and you check out at Forbidden Planet, but if you go through our website, we get a small part of that sale. You pay the same price, no additional costs or fees, and you help support the podcast at the same time. You could also visit our eBay store. There's a convenient link for that as well there. We have many Target books that we are uh, liquidating that we have duplicates, triplicates of, and so you can get a great deal there. Um, you can get most of your collection protection items, of course, at BagsUnlimited.com. Bags Unlimited is a, is a sponsor. They provided us some, some great giveaways at the last convention. And, of course, all your collection protection needs are there. I also want to thank our patrons. Uh, if you'd like to see the exclusive material, uh, including the video of today's interview, uh, you have to be a patron. So go to our Patreon page and subscribe at least at the $15 level or above, and you can see exclusive video content, uh, additional um, tips, additional uh, lists, and things that we provide to our patrons. I also want to thank uh, the Doctor Who Target Book Club and those who wish to remain anonymous who are amongst our patrons on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, all one word. If you'd like to support us at Podbean, you can go to DoctorWhoCollectors.Podbean.com and click the Become a Patron button to support us there at any level. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed. Keep in mind, they also wrote It's Not Unusual for Tom Jones. And it's performed by our friend Fraser Hines. You can hear this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean. You can find this wherever great podcasts are found, or even ones like these. We are a Direction Point podcast, uh, of course, and so you can find more great podcasts at directionpoint.org. After the break, we will have collection protection, our main story, and the most outrageous offer. Stay tuned. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, 
and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point podcast. Keep collecting. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you'd join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Sad, really, isn't it? People spend all their time making nice things and other people come along and break them. And now it's time for collection protection. Uh, since today's topic was about costumes and cosplaying and things like that, how do you protect those costumes? Now, Bags Unlimited can't help us here. Um, in fact, uh, the, um, the information that I have is going to direct you to any big box store. Just make sure you buy the right material. So um, the advice that I've been getting here, of course, is to store your costumes in individual containers. And you might, in some cases, depending on how old the costume is, if you've got an original, let's say, Patrick Troughton costume, I don't know if anybody really has one, but you might need to rent a climate-controlled space to preserve it. Um, and especially costume companies, marching bands, high school drill teams, you know, they, they you know, want to keep that from, from deteriorating. So basically, you, uh, the key words here are acid-free. We talk about that a lot in collection protection. Um, Acid-free bags, acid-free paper that keeps things from deteriorating. So basically, you can store a costume in a regular container. Basically, a child's costume can be stored in a regular container, but a professional costume is very different. They have unique materials that can leach colors if placed in the wrong box, uh, especially plastic containers. So the reason why plastic contains, you know, plastic contains acid, which can destroy your costume's material, paint, and so forth. So you want to start with acid-free plastic boxes. And you can, it says you can find these at any big box store. Just look for acid-free. Additionally, you can find them online, various places. We're going to do some research, find some stuff here that might help, and we'll post those links on the website under this post. Basically, you go to our website. On the front page, it'll have this episode title, and you'll be able to um, find the links there when we get those. Another thing you might want to consider is an acid-free garment bag. Being able to hang your costumes in a closet is a big plus because that keeps them from bunching up. Uh, if you do that, make sure you hang them in an acid-free garment, uh, garment bag. You also might want to consider acid-free paper. We talked about that with preserving old books. Uh, if you have a large and ornate costume or several of them, you might want to store them together. And if you do, place an acid-free paper between each outfit and between each layer so the colors won't leach out and the material won't crease. 
Um, another recommendation is invest in a full-size mannequin. Uh, avoid bending, warping, or creasing with a mannequin. Um, warping might not occur in a day or even a week, but of course, if it's sitting in storage for a year, your costume can lose its shape, which is why people with expensive costumes buy mannequins to store them. Since a mannequin is the same shape as a natural body, it will hold your costume shape very well. Um, get a mannequin for headgear. Uh, you can store a costume in a box or garment bag easily, but hats, helmets, masks, Time Lord headgear, uh, you might need a mannequin to store that headgear. Um, all you need is the head and shoulders. So it'll cost less than a full-size mannequin, by the way. So, uh, and, it, and basically, uh, the, the other uh, advice I got here is don't even bother storing children's costumes because they're not made the same. They're, you know, if you, especially if you bought it. Most likely you probably bought it. If you make it, though, if it's something that you've made and it's professionally made, that's a different story. Um, it says they, to use, um, you know, basically if you want to choose a climate-controlled storage unit, that's going to cost you a little bit more. Um, but, but basically it protects your items from heat and cold with climate-controlled storage. Uh, and I know there are people that do that. I have a friend who owns uh, the green tuxedo that John Pertwee wore in the Carnival of Monsters, and it's kept in a climate-controlled uh, unit. Uh, so if you're, you know, that's basically the, the, the way to go. I had to do research on that alone because I don't own any costumes per se, but um, that's, you know, some of you out there might have, you know, the stuff that you do, and we want to, you know, welcome our cosplaying uh, friends to our community, and we want to help you protect that gear as much as possible. So um, look for those links online as far as I'll find, uh, I'll look, I'll do some research and I'll find some places that sell these acid-free plastic, uh, acid-free boxes, acid-free garment bags, um, the paper that you need, and even some places, uh, I don't know, as far as where you where you listen, it may be, you might want to check online listings through Google as far as finding climate-controlled spaces near you. So this has been Collection Protection. Collection Protection is brought to you by Bags Unlimited, even though they don't handle costume storage. All of your other needs, if you're looking to preserve action figures, books, magazines, Radio Times issues, video cassettes, BagsUnlimited.com. Doctor, there's been another... Where is he? In there. Oh, we promised you... Ah, oh, Doctor, we must get moving. Is something wrong? You've changed. Oh, no, not again. No, no, I, I didn't mean your face. I meant your clothes. Don't you like them? UNIT is supposed to be a security organization. Do you think I might attract attention? It's just possible. One moment. Today, my guest is Katie Haynes. She is a professional cosplayer and does an impeccable Jodie Whittaker, Dr. 13, impersonation and costume. I met her at Chicago TARDIS. And so today, um, we begin right into the conversation. Before I had a chance to even introduce her, uh, she went right in. And the conversation was just incredible. So I'm going to keep it exactly the way it is. If you'd like to see the video of this conversation, the Zoom video includes, of course, her costume uh, and most of her Doctor Who collection concerning the 13th Doctor. Uh, you'll have to visit our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors podcast, all one word. And you can subscribe at the $15 level or above to see this video.
Anyway, I present the conversation as it occurs with Katie Haynes. Enjoy. Hello, Katie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm so sorry. I was about to. I literally just got done filming something and I thought, I will come into the room where it is the most warm. And <laughs> God, I love your sweater. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, no, it was, it was great. I, 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 I loved meeting you at Chicago TARDIS. It was really, oh, thank uh, you. really, really nice uh, just to see, just to watch you interact with people and uh, how they really flocked to wh who you were and what you were doing. And even just thank a brief you. back and forth we had, I thought, wow, this is, this is what, this is why I do this. So that's, uh, I'm so glad you agreed to be on the show. I've, I've actually watched, I've watched a number of your interviews. So oh, wow. thank you. Thank you. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I try to, well, I do my, I try to be prepared. So, <laughs> so let me, um, I'll just tell you how, how I do things. I don't know. You probably haven't listened to any of my podcasts and that's fine. Um, but, um, uh, I've been uh, doing this for three and a half years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, oh my uh, gosh, holy cow. And and that's nothing compared to the fact that I've been a Doctor Who collector for 40 years. So um it's it's been a long haul. I also started the first I opened the first Doctor Who store in Chicago in 1985. Oh my so god. Um, Wait, yeah. were you a part of the group that went over every year and met with Auntie Alex at the shop? Yes. <gasps> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know who you guys are. I know who you guys are because Auntie Alex and her husband would tell me, yeah, we would have a group who would all. Were you there at the dinner that was crashed by the, it wasn't the Brigadier. Some There was like some major um, dinner that got crashed by one of the Doctor Who. Oh my gosh. If, if I remember it correctly, it was John Pertwee. And <laughs> and he was in town for spirit for the Spirit of Light convention. Um, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So oh my gosh, small, I know exactly who you guys are. <laughs> well, she, she told us the story, and um, there's one particular story that she told that I I kind of want to share, and I don't want to share. Um, yeah. I think people who have been to the store know about their uh, their permanent resident. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. But I um, the first time I went to the shop was actually I want to say it was 2012. OK, wow. Um, I, I think it was actually during Matt's run. And okay. um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. So you've been, I mean, who, uh, who was your first doctor? My first doctor was John Pertwee, because I started watching the show in 1975. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, so, so, so that was what was being broadcast here in Chicago. I have to ask. Yes. This is a little bit of, I don't want to go into like spoiler-esque territory. No, no, it's okay. But were, did you freak out at the upcoming trailer? Yes. <laughs> I lost my mind because yes. the only reason I, I know about them through two things. Um, mm -hmm. Two things. One, I have a dear friend who cosplays 
Roger Delgado's master. Oh, wow. So yeah. I know a little bit about the Sea Devils from that. I also, from mm-hmm. one of my pieces, know about the Sea Devils because they show up in the comic run yes. of Jody. Yes. So I was like, oh, my. and even I, even I as a new Whovian, mm-hmm. um, with my experience of classic Who being very limited to a couple of uh, Pertwee episodes as well so as Christmas Big Finish. Mm-hmm. When Quite I saw long. that, yeah, even so I was like, funny. oh, probably won't work. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, they're doing it. And, and it looked darn good, too. The oh, uh, it, it looked exactly like the Pertwee era Sea Devils. Um, and they and that was a great story. I saw it when I was really young and I've seen it many times. I've read the book. It's It's a wonderful story. And uh, John Pertwee actually shared a lot of great stories about that when uh, when he was doing conventions back in the 80s uh, and, and talking about the stories. And that's the one story where his famous picture of him holding out the sonic screwdriver with the stern look, you yeah. know, the, the first one, like using it as a weapon for the oh. first time. And that was kind of with the with the cloak blowing in the freeze and his yes, hair is blowing back. Yes. That's the that's where that story took place. That's the story because he sets off the the mines to to yeah. deflect the sea devils. So yeah, it's it's really a great return. Of course, uh, Warriors of the Deep uh, brought him back for the Fifth Doctor. Um, that was a story. That was an opening story of uh, his last season. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Because they so, just. I know that what your classic Whovians are now celebrating forty years of five. Well, 40 years of five and uh, 60 years of the entire series coming up yes. uh, next year. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> and of course, for, for me, gosh, uh, it'll be almost 50 years of watching the program myself. So it's it's really quite um, it's amazing for something like that to last so long. And for you know myself, I've been a part of it for a, a long time. <laughs> in, in, in an amazingly long amount of time. And yeah. I am. I know people who have collected and listened to all of Big Finish mm-hmm. who have literally gone through every single season. I mean, my seasons yeah. are literally the movie up until current. Gotcha. Like I've watched every single new who episode, but the very much like I'm I'm, I'm saying this very generally, please nobody get mad at me. No, no, they're very fine. (laughs) No, 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 no. I was just, what I'm about to say might make some people mad. In in the similar vein of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the universe of Doctor Who is so expansive and so um, unlimited and really even Mm -hmm. as of right now, untapped because you have a character who has... There will never be enough epis, enough adventures for one. There will never be enough adventures for six, for seven, for eight. There can always be more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. While they have a start and they have an end, their middle is hundreds of years yes anyway just to jump in real quick uh, to my listeners yeah we're, we're in the midst of a great conversation my guest is katie sorry, haynes sorry. and that's okay um, <laughs> katie haynes is a professional cosplayer and uh someone that uh i've i i met at chicago tardis this past november and somebody that really just kind of shined uh a light 
as far as the costuming world and the things that go with that. And since I've seen it over the last 38 years, since the first time I went to a Doctor Who convention and one of the members of our fan club um, actually did one of the most amazing Davros uh, costumes uh, that, you know, with the moving chair, uh, he actually he actually built it around a motorized wheelchair and had the rubber the rubber mask and the controls and all that and and had the one arm and and was able to maneuver around uh it was so amazing that his picture got captured in Doctor Who magazine's 1984 merchandise special when they oh did the Chicago God. convention in review uh that's the first picture in the left hand corner is that his is Davros amazing. He um, he also was a very talented artist. And uh, when we opened up Bundles from Britain back in 1985, I want to say, he drew the cover of our catalog. And it's still a pretty amazing, he was a, just an amazing artist. Uh, he passed away a number of years ago, uh, but uh, he, um, he was one of the first people uh, to really take costuming to a, a level that I had never seen before. Because the year later, in 1985, uh, at the Spirit of Light convention there that November, he dressed as the first doctor. He was an older gentleman, just yeah. to kind of give you an idea. He kind of had a, a, a look about him. He had the, the silver hair. He let it actually grow out a little bit, so it was natural, and he had everything right. Now, what happened, uh, John Nathan Turner was at that convention convention. He was the uh, executive producer of Doctor Who at the time. And at the, they had just finished doing The Five Doctors. Now, Richard Herndahl, who was the actor who played the first Doctor, had recently passed away. And they were keeping an open mind for a future first Doctor. So when, when John saw Bill and he said, well, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're actually an actor? He goes, yeah, I've got my Screen Actors Guild card because he was an actor in local... <laughs> He took his name and number. No, nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever came of it. But John Nathan Turner got it got his attention with that first doctor. That's how good it was. And I've kind of measured um, costumes I've seen over the years. I've measured to his level of of costuming. And and you definitely raise way above that with your Jodie Whittaker. That was. Oh, my. Holy. Okay. I don't necessarily. First of all. That is a huge compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> um, thank you so much. And blessings to your friend, because that is... He was a good man. And just, oh a, my God. Yeah, just a, an amazing, uh, amazing man who loved Doctor Who and didn't... Uh, like you said, when he did all his artwork, he never asked for any money for it. He just did it. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll think to do this. I don't have one handy here, but I'll... I'll I'll send you a scan of that cover so you can see oh, what it looks please. like. Yes. It's oh it's beautiful. God. I'm surprised I don't even have one on my wall, but I don't. But um well, it's, you've got you've got you've got Colin, you've got I do. Uh, Alex, <laughs> you've got um I don't I've know, got, I, well the door. The door is the best. The door, the vinyl door. Yeah. I, yes. this is yeah, the I've um this is my my Who room. I, I do uh I did the virtual Chicago TARDIS convention from here oh, um wow. in twenty twenty. It's still on YouTube. Uh, I did the collecting 
uh, workshop uh, from here, which made it really easy because then I could just I could grab something and say, you know, here's here's a copy of Planet of the Spiders oh, <laughs> from. And and by the way, just so my listeners, if you're if you're a patron of the Doctor Who Collectors podcast, you can actually watch this interview. The rest of you have to listen. So you have to kind of use your mind's eye here. Um, Katie is dressed as the 13th Doctor and <laughs> impeccably. <laughs> Uh, and and I can prove it because I have Jody right here uh, in the. Uh, <laughs> and actually, you would actually you'd actually think that this is a a, a doll of Katie. It's that good. Oh uh, so it's it's really quite something. And Thank the. Jo- and Jody Whitaker has always been a favorite actor actress of mine from many her, of her projects. Her work, I think, because mm. most people know her from Doctor Who. Um, I honestly think one of her best performances my favorite performance of hers is easily adult life skills okay um, that's a good one uh broad church was my go-to i um, need to watch Bro- yeah. broad church for me is so heavy because i watched her black mirror episode oh yeah, yeah and there's it, so many doctor who people in broad church oh yeah um, no they're endless yeah. like i would honestly i know the um the woman who plays against David Tennant, who plays his um, partner. Yeah, uh, yeah, she she's uh, I I know her. I can think of her name off the hand, but she's also somebody who's been in big Finnish productions. Yes, um, and I can easily easily see her eventually one day becoming the Doctor. Yeah, I could um, see that too. I mean, I, it's it's been um, as far as Doctor Who goes, the, the Jodie Whittaker selection, and I know that's been a controversy across the worlds of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've always been, you know, this is the Doctor, and that's exactly. why, you know, I, I the Doctor and Gallifrey uh, has had cross gender regenerations before. Yeah. So it's not something that is even talked about. And some of the books that go back to, you know, when John Peel wrote the Gallifrey Chronicles, the gender is not even something mentioned in Time Lord Society. So it's not something that would be a thing. And and so I'm hoping uh, more people will come across. I know that there's a there's a you know, when I when I post this podcast to various groups on Facebook, I have to be careful. If I talk about Jody Whitaker and I post it on Classic Infinity, I get a little bit of, oh, nope, we can't have that here. But I, it's just, you know, but if I talk about Tom Baker, it's fine. So it's it's just, uh, it's a little strange to me. But, you know, my listeners are very diverse and I'm part of a network that has a lot of people that listen in and want to know, you know, what we do, how we find things and and why why this, why cosplaying is an important part of Doctor Who. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today, because um, when I, um, you know, and I don't know how many I was going to ask, it was, uh, have you been to Chicago TARDIS prior to this year or was this your first no, one? Um, this was my first one. And wow, because um, so, I probably would have, I would have noticed you before, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I got back. I've always loved Doctor Who, but I really got into Jodie's run at the start of the pandemic because of her mm. pandemic message. Right. Um, and that has just always stayed with me. Mm. And what you had said, um, you know, where where I draw the line personally, like if you let's let's say, you know, mm. someone came up and say to me, hey, you look great. And I'm like, oh, Jodie's one of my favorite doctors. And that person said to me, well, she's not really my favorite, but you look awesome. That's fine. Yeah, like, yeah. It's okay. We can disagree about whether or not we like certain doctors. That's totally okay. I here here's mine. Sure. Peter Capaldi is not my favorite doctor. That's however, perfectly fine. Yeah. However, he is an amazing doctor. 
Yes. He, oh, yeah. He is absolutely incredible. Is he my favorite? No, he's still incredible. Every single doctor is incredible. Where I draw the line is when you say, you know, oh, like if, if you just tell me I don't like that doctor, but that's just me. That's fine. When you say, oh, I don't like that doctor. That's not canon. You know, you're awful for liking that. Leave me alone. Yes, absolutely. You know, we to the we have who are yeah. like, to any, you know, I don't accept um, the war doctor. I don't accept Ruth. Okay, why are you like making a big deal about it? They're both awesome. I I just it's when it's when a you attack the actors mm-hmm. and b like personally you attack the fans like saying you're stupid for liking this thing or that's where I draw the line. Tons of people don't like Joe. That's fine. I'm not going to try to change your mind. If you like my content, fine. If you don't like my content, that's fine. Just take your, take your hate back to Davros where it belongs. (laughs) No offense offense to your friend who costs, I, I literally like, no, 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 he, he, no, he would have, he would have agreed with you if he had been around today. I think he would have embraced Jody Whitaker as the doctor. In fact, the, the surviving members of, of that club. And there's, there were three of us at, at the TARDIS convention. We actually had a, a great session on Saturday morning where we got to talk about the convent, the fan clubs of the eighties and how all of us, uh, how, especially where, where I come from, because the company I started in 85 actually eventually evolved into what is now Chicago TARDIS. And um, my former partner is Gene Smith, who is the showrunner for Chicago TARDIS. Oh, and, okay, I was going to be like, well, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. And he owns, he owns Alien <laughs> Entertainment uh, in Lombard. Uh, so it's, he, he actually, I, I sold my share to him back in 89, and he took mm-hmm. it to the, the next level. Because um, basically the quick, the quick history is that in 1986, there was supposed to be a Spirit of Light TARDIS 23 convention. Well, Spirit of Light was not a well-managed company. Uh, the guy that ran it was not very good at numbers or business, and it folded, and so that convention was canceled. So Gene took the reins of that and got the contact information and started in 1990 with a, uh, with a convention called Visions. And so Visions became Chicago TARDIS somewhere in the late 90s. And so he carries on that tradition every year for a Midwest convention in the in that Thanksgiving weekend. So that's, uh, and of course, he and I were both at the first couple. So it was, it was a, a really fun um, time. And of course, back then we had, you know, the costume contests were not something part of the um, we're not part of the land yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were parades um, and and stuff like that. And in one place, I remember um, Peter Davison was a guest uh, in uh, in Wisconsin, and we had him judging a costume contest. So it was a lot of fun. Um, one of my friends did uh, a really good um, Tegan. Oh, and, nice! And he, I've got. Uh- yeah. One of my friends, Abby of Trock, and she cosplays Tegan. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Right now, her signature is uh, Jenny. Okay. Um, oh, Jenny from the Pat Renaster. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. And man, she nails it. I've, I've met I, the actress who plays Jenny. She is quite amazing. Katrin uh, uh, Stewart, she's really quite something. She was at Chicago Artist four years ago. Oh, so. oh yeah, I think. 
like, cause I, I had been looking back at some Chicago Tardis. I think that I saw a photo of her there. Yeah. But this yeah. was my first Chicago Tardis. And and what, what were your what were your thoughts of the the convention? Just uh, just from somebody who's new. I wish I had spent. I had I had the option to have it the whole weekend because my family was coming in, so I could only go one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun. I think I, I think I went on the slowest day because yes, Sunday, yes. Sunday is definitely the slowest day. But I'm telling you, you know, being able to watch um, episode five of The Flux yes. uh, with everybody, being able to just be around other Whovians, um, accidentally meet people um, because I uh, and and just the the. Um, Oh, the the cosplays the the one the one woman who was walking around is the Kerblam man. Yes. Made my day. I and I wish <laughs> I could have been there for the costume contest because. Yes, uh, yes, that's usually Saturday were, nights. Yeah. Uh, I saw the the um the detail on. What are their names? What are their names? What are their names? Oh, I should know this from the demons of Punjab. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking I, about. I, it's is, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I need to uh, for for my own. Okay. For for my own knowledge as a Whovian, the assassins. They're they're assassins. Come on, what what are they called? Um, it's it doesn't start with a V. No, no, I want no. I'm not gonna. They're not Volturi. <laughs> I just made a lot of, I swear to you with that, I just made a lot of people mad. I'm going to Google oh, it. No, no. And, and the second I, the second I Google it, I'm going to remember it. They that's okay. Are, oh, that's um, perfectly okay. I just, I think, I think I ran into you when you were first arriving. There you go. But seeing them, and that's actually one of my favorite episodes from season 11 is the demons of Punjab. So yeah, it's see, a great story. See yeah. them do that detail so well and the time and effort you called me a professional cosplayer and that is a very high honor because for me a professional cosplayer is someone i have everything that i'm wearing has been bought okay that's Um, nothing wrong with that for me a professional cosplayer would be someone like your friend who literally made Made everything scrap by scrap piece by piece part of the reason Um, though is is that none of that stuff was available back then i mean in in the mid 80s you couldn't buy a costume um for for doctor who the only the only one that was marketed was in the late 70s was the tom baker costume with the plastic mask with the staple um uh rubber band around the back and a and a and a scarf and that was about it until until the last 10 or so years when um costume when some bbc uh licensed official costumes when um a lot of artisans started making david Tennant's coat or um or even paul mcgann's coat even back in the 90s there was a lot of uh demand for that and then of course back in the in the 80s uh people were making looking for those frock coats that tom baker wore and knitting their own scarves and there was i remember there was a woman in ohio charged uh, it was it was 60 dollars, and she would start knitting you a tom baker scarf that was 25 feet long exactly the colors or whatever season you wanted just 60 dollars well that was this was the 80s yeah 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 yeah. $60 in the 80s was a lot of money (laughs) actually why don't I for the for the sake of for the sake of uh what is it um 
year exchange. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's um, I just remember being, you know, having, it was a lot more expensive. You got a lot more for your money, I think, oh, back yeah. then. But you, if you wanted, um, you know, let's say if you wanted a Target book in the 80s, you had to find a store that had it, and you were lucky if you paid 4 to $5 for it because of the import charges. And in today's money, you're, you're talking $12, $13, $14 $14 for that same item, whereas today it's 2 or $3 most so it's it's kind of it's interesting how how that changed but again you know with doctor who merchandising in the 80s it was very limited and costumes were not even on the horizon so all the costumes were made all the props were made and i had a conversation with claudia christian one day i don't know if you know her from babylon 5 she's uh, an actress on that I show Babylon. Uh, and anyway she she commented that at, at a comic-con someone had her exact costume with the sidearm and said that the props that this person had made were 10 times better what hollywood produced and the costume was even more lightweight and breathable versus what they gave her and i'm kind of i sense the same thing when i talk to a couple people who dealt with the bbc props department because i do have one prop in my collection uh, it's minor, but uh, I have the Dalek play suit that was in an adventure in time and space. That oh, my little God, Heather, oh, my God. Exactly when, when Hartnell's granddaughter wore it at the party. I, I have that. Oh, my God. No, that, <laughs> is, yeah. that is one of my favorite. I can't. <laughs> I know it didn't happen, but make, you know, make a Whovian cry in five words or less. It's a great William story. Hartnell sees Matt Smith. And, you know, and of course, um, the way that that ended and David Bradley, of course, going on to even play the first doctor later, uh, and that's that story. Uh, Mark Gaddis had tried to make that that movie for years and finally got a chance to do it. And that story. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a heartbreaker because, you know, sadly, he's fired from the show because he's just getting his health is terrible. And he wasn't a very old man at that point. He was in his uh, in his fifties, I believe, because he died in his sixties. Right. He, he, so um, he he wasn't very old at all. But his health was terrible. He had smoked for a great deal of time, as as people would have done back then. Right. And um, it is true that he picked out um, he he de- he declared Patrick Troughton to be the only person who could replace him. And that the they had they had all acted together. In fact, there's a there's a there's a drama where he, uh, William Hartnell, Patrick Trout, and John Pertwee were in the same thing, so they all knew each other. Um, Patrick Troughton, of course, tried, you know, took it on and, and it was a great experiment because how many people in the middle of a season are going to accept a new actor in the lead role? And they tried to, the regeneration sequence was really primitive, but it, but it happened. And so already, you know, the first TV ratings of the power of the Daleks were just as good as they were because they said, okay, so this happens. Yeah. And then we go from there. And uh, of course uh, we get to the end of his run. And uh, unfortunately, Patrick Troughton not available for a regeneration sequence. Um, they just, you just have to assume that it happened. And yeah. on purpose. I actually, I'm one of the, I'm one of the mm-hmm. few people who I, I go with the theory that we had one, two, two regenerated into Ruth, 
and Possibly. then generated into uh, John Pertwee. I firm, I'm like, I'm, I'm one of those people. I absolutely accept that. And one of my favorite, I should, st- I should start showing you my collection. Um, <laughs> Please do. Yeah. So first of all, um, well, you can see we got that in the. Back. I've got that poster. I have um, that poster. Absolutely. I've got. Uh, let's. Go, we can go slowly. Oh, look at this. Oh yeah, Funko Funko dolls and. Tardises. Oh gosh, this is great. You've got but you've got the Jody doll I have. The one that I do not have, the action figure that I don't have is the red shirt with the fanny pack. Oh, My yeah, godfather yeah. Matt gave me that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, these were custom made. These two Funkos were custom made, the master, and it's actually her wedding outfit from the Demons of Punjab. She has the oh, flower nice. yes. in her hair. Because oh. if you try to get her now with the coat. That's $300. Yes, I know. <laughs> I am, I am. And they market that doll. Like in yes. any Funko thing, they market it with the doll. Okay, fine. Re-release it with, with her. I have the um, manuals. I have the Runaway TARDIS, which I actually did oh, as nice. an audio with my godfather, Matt. Oh, um, cool. my, one of my favorite books, because at the end they do feature Verity. Uh-huh. Um this, which was nearly impossible to get my hands on, oh, and I wow, swear yeah. by the comics. I, I love them to death. That's nice. Um, oh, gosh. So we've got the um, the Hero Collection. Okay. We have, um, I'm actually going to move, my um, my wonderful friend Dana made the, this apron for me. Oh, she that's beautiful. That. Oh, that's nice. But, What's underneath it and what I've actually got on display is my 13th Doctor Jedi robe. Oh, that nice. I had professionally done. Beautiful. Um, I, I, it cost me f- like $300 to get it done, but I'm telling you, for the quality that I got, mm-hmm. Rose, uh, I will send you the link, something Rose uh, cosplay. I can't speak highly enough of them. This is the only screen accurate item that I own, her scarf. Okay. Okay. From uh, Revolution of the Daleks. Um, put that back up there. This, Great story. This piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I'm going to grab my phone so that we can get a little bit better detail on it. Um, oh, boy, did I? <laughs> and I will put out a video with this one because okay. um, this is the first time that I've ever shown it. And All right. Oh boy, did it cost a pretty penny. Oh, and the backpack that I actually got for Christmas, which is actually a really nice backpack. Oh, nice, um, yeah. But here we go. Here we freaking okay. go. Here we go. There, there she is. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, the detail beautiful. on yes. her is just amazing. You get the pating. Literally, you have ever like in the box, and I kept the box. Like, don't get me wrong. And there's, yes. a, there's a signed plaque by Jody. Nice. Um, <laughs> so I got I got a doll, and I kind of got an autograph. So I can completely go with that. Um, oh, very cool. Have oh. the whole thing. My friend, my wonderful uh, brother, soul brother George, made me my own Sonic. Sonic screwdriver. Oh, nice! Um, and it's got a crystal at the top, so it's kind of like me and Jody joined together. I love it. Very cool. Uh, we're going to continue on a little sure. further, and I have art from other artists on the walls. And oh, the nice. stocking that I found. Oh, look at that! Um, 
literally, if it's third, chances are, if it's 13, I've got it. I've got the a cookie, Whitaker's a couple cookie Christmas jar. stocking. Oh yeah. The cookie jar. I've got the cookie jar. <laughs> um, I have got so many teapots and uh, Funko items and creameries. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, um, if we go into, oh, and I, I do want to show this off because uh, if you haven't been to Forbidden Planet yet. Oh, they they're one of our sponsors, as a matter of fact. <laughs> they're um, my Sarah Jane. Oh, yes. And oh, I'll be yes. honest, I only know her from her couple of episodes with Tenant, one of my favorite episodes of all time, School Reunion, and the Sarah Jane Adventures, which I recently came back from London with my boyfriend, now fiance. I know, I heard. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And we watched, we started to watch episodes of Torchwood. Oh, yeah. And I just couldn't do it. Torchwood is great, but my God, we binged most of, um, most of Sarah Jane. And it's so funny when you go back and you realize the, um, I don't think anyone's done the Doctor Who hat, what I've dubbed the Doctor Who hat trick, which mm. is um, kind of like the Mar- the the Josh um, Whedon hat trick of, you know, you, you've done three or more things. Um, mm. No, I don't think there is an actor that did Sarah Jane, Torchwood, and um, Doctor Who. There is, I is believe. That- uh, well, wait, no, excuse me. Uh, I take that back. Well, Sarah Jane herself did, uh, didn't do Torchwood. No, I was, there, I thought, I thought Captain Jack was in Sarah Jane, but he was not. No, so, I don't think so. He nobody's was. done that. Um, but uh, I know Sarah Jane Smith did Doctor Who, Canine Doctor. and Company, and yes. Sarah Jane Adventures, uh, and the new Doctor Who as well. Yes. And, and of course, if you want more on Sarah Jane, uh, tell you and my listeners, next, the, my next episode is with Sadie Miller. So I have her on the program. We're going to talk about Sarah Jane collectibles. So that'll be fun. And then these are, these were handmade. I love these so much. And I actually, I do have the, uh, the signature Barbie. So that's another one. (laughs) Um, And I have, like most of these are just things people have made for me. Sure, sure. And um, by, so one of the strangest things that happened at Chicago TARDIS, and again, okay. This is coming from someone who is a new Whovian. Okay. So I kind of like snuck around toward the back where they were doing photo ops. And I just kind of, cause I'm, po- you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to snoop around. I want to see this. And yeah. I see them standing with this gentleman and they're like, yeah, 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 you can, you can come over. You can get photos with our TARDIS and I'm having a fun time. And then I start, I start going into Jody. I stop being 13, you know, talking about, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, what are you doing having a Dalek? Yeah. And a gentleman approaches me and says, you know, your Northern accent is very good. And I'm like, um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And in my head, there's a little warning bell going off being like, Doctor Who royalty, Doctor Who royalty, be really humble right now. (laughs) So I'm, you know, I'm just saying, oh, it's just something that I learned from, you know, watching YouTube and watching Jody. And I end up getting a photo. I thought it was Fraser. (laughs) It was. was. And, And I immediately, like, I leave the room and I go and I message my friend who is a classic Whovian, and I'm yeah. like, who is this? Please tell me right now. Oh, and, I, and then he lets me know. And I'm like, oh, God. He is and the longest I, running companion in Doctor Who history. And I met. <laughs> 
um, I got complimented by somebody who turned out to be Davros. Oh, Terry I, Malloy. Yeah. Yes. And I will. <laughs> so it was, it was. That's, that's the fun part of Chicago TARDIS is that you, you have those moments. Uh, you know, I wrote an elevator with Peter Davison once uh, and stuff like, you know, I, uh, of course, the, let's see. Back in 85, I rode an elevator with John Pertwee when he was in full Wurzel Gummage uh, costume and character and hit all the buttons and just entertained people all the way up until he reached his floor. That was, uh, of course, before phones. So we just had to tell the story. And I remember telling the story at a panel session and a gentleman across the table said, yeah, I can confirm that I was in the elevator with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, wonderful. At least I'm not, you know telling a tale but yeah that those are right. the those are the things that happen at chicago tardis that are just um there you know and Fra fraser of course uh he sings our theme song for the podcast he really he had a, a single back in 1968 called who's doctor who so oh. when you listen to this episode that that's usually what we start with um and he's just a wonderful man uh he just uh um He's he's been uh, he's been part of the Doctor Who history since 1966 and traveled uh, except for the very first story for Patrick Troughton. He was in every story after that till War Games. So he's the longest, according to the Guinness Book, he's the longest running Doctor Who character than I think 114 episodes. Oh, my God. I knew like I knew in my my head was like screaming at me. Do not say anything stupid in front of this man. Like even even I, I again I was thinking like don't don't make a fool of yourself. I mean I've already made a fool of myself. I'm running around. Traditionally, what you see right now, unless it is like the middle of the day and I have not had a lot of sleep, this mm. is pretty much what you get when I'm in costume. Like I have no no no. It's the the best. The best part of cosplay for me, mm -hmm. because I will get dressed up like this. And in warm Chicago weather, I will go out and walk around dressed like this. The best part of my day is when I get one person who knows who I am and I go up to them and I act like the doctor and, you know, I make them laugh and make, there is, there is nothing as wonderful as making someone's day for that one moment because you were in a costume or you connected with them through a character or you, much like the doctor, I kind of live mm -hmm. by the theory, if you can make someone smile genuinely every day, even if it's something small, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, I, I'm a huge Walt Disney World fanatic. That's my mm. other big like fan of okay. Walt, Walt, like Walt Disney parks and films. But if you're like the theme parks, the theme parks and rides and everything, those are phenomenal. Those are incredible. They're 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 you know slight pun intended. They're marvels. Yes, but but it's the cast member who you know sees that you're having a really bad day and gives you a free ice cream. Like yes. that's yes. the, that's the magic. That's the, if I, if someone says you're dressed like the doctor and I run up to, and I ask, and I say, you know, what's, what's your name? Are, are you okay with me getting close? And they're like, my name's, you know, my name's 
Kathy. Oh, Kathy, I'm so glad I found you. Don't worry, I've gotten everything fixed up. You go about your day. The master is not <laughs> going to bother you. And they laugh. And that's... That's that's a beauty of, of, of doing what you do. That's, that's absolutely... Exactly. Uh, um, I'll share one, uh, another story I know is there was a, there was a, there was a gentleman at O'Hare airport and he was walking through the airport and he overheard this person talking. He said, Oh, uh, so sorry to bother you, but you're British. And I, I just love British television. He said, Oh, really tell me what, what's your favorite show? He goes, Dr. Who. And he happened to be talking to John Pertwee and he said, <laughs> I am the doctor. <laughs> I literally like. My both my dream, my dream mm. and my and my nightmare. Well, mostly my dream because and only nightmare because I like if I'm doing if I'm doing thirteen. Yeah. And by some act of God, Jody is sees me doing it and kind of comes up behind me or or whatever or, or I would I would break down. And just, I, I imagine Jody will be doing the conventions uh, oh, now that please. she's done with the program, um, and and I, I'm sure she will. She'll probably do the big ones first. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you uh, going to be in Galley One? No, unfortunately, uh, uh, I'm 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 kind of limited to my to my local convention. I'm I do the Chicago Tardis once a year. Right. I don't travel anymore. It's just oh. you know as I as I get older, it's uh, you know I have to you know I'm a I, I also have a, a day job, so I do that, that yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. But uh, I got. It's, Galley I one will, is a great, a lot of my friends go to Galley. So it's I a, will be at Galley this year. I got, I got, as I like to say, I got nicely bullied to go to Galley <laughs> one. I don't believe there is such a thing as nice bullying, but well, you, the some, fifth person approached me and was like, hey, Galley one tickets are on sale. And I'm like, I, I, I know, I don't know. And then the sixth person approached me and was like, look, I'll buy you a ticket. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Fine, y'all win. I'm well, you'll going see, to Galley one. You'll you'll see Fraser Hines there. Uh, he's going to Galley. Uh, my friend Tony Lee, who's uh, a writer, and uh, he he wrote a lot of the uh, um, Bernie Summerfield stories on Big Finish. Oh, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be there as well, um, along with. Uh, it's, I don't I remember the full the full thing, but of course, Alien Entertainment has a presence out there as well. Oh, so because yeah. they do a Chicago so, Tardis booth at Galley, so it's I it's will, a great convention. I'm I'm going for the the I basically when I was already freaking out because I know Joe Martin is going to be there. Yes, Sasha Dewan. Yes, is I mean here's the thing. What, who's your favorite master, Missy? Nobody tops Missy. Missy all, is great. All respect to all other masters, but it's Missy. But if I had to have a a, you know, if Missy's got the gold and then you have someone who has the silver place medal, but with a little gold in the middle, it's Sasha. It's yes. Sasha. So I knew that Sasha was going to be there. I'm like, heck yes. And then they announced that Mandip is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, my wallet is going to weep blood. <laughs> I will That's- do it. I will do it. Usually Doctor Who collectors say that all the time. It's like, oh, my wallet can't take this anymore. <laughs> but, my wallet, really, it's my wallet uh, and my wall space because yes. I spend more on commissions than mm-hmm. I do on the, the thing about Jody's era is that there was not a lot of merch. Um, no, no, not a lot. And some of the stuff that I got, I I I I, I got a promo item from Forbidden Planet. It was the 13th Doctor's purse. And Ooh, it, I have that. I have that. I have that. You do. Not yeah. many of them sold. 
No, so no. It didn't do very well. I still have it. It's up. It's up there on the top of the shelf back there. But um, it's it's uh, it was something that they were going to heavily promote, and of course right. they they made a bunch of them, and nobody bought it because uh, they and then they started marketing it as the Doctor Satchel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, I'm no, I'm sorry. This is a purse. And I said, yeah. you know, we're, what's your marketing on this? And they were like, yeah. well, we don't really know. I mean, it's a beautiful bag. It's got a oh, rainbow yeah, it's strap. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I bring it to, I brought it to the convention, showed it off. I said, yeah, here's something you can't get anymore because it's exactly. now a collector's item. But yeah, the Jody merchandising wasn't it now i think it'll pick up a little bit uh and i was right. we're, we're you know we're still scratching our heads about the last doctor who annual that came out without her picture on the cover yeah the 20, i got that the 2022 that yeah the 2022 annual did not have a picture of any doctor on the cover let's see yep that for the viewers at home yep that's the one uh yeah, and I mean, she's on the back but she's it's on the back her, but she's not she's on the back but it's her it's her uh it's her final it's her annual jail look. Yeah. And it's they use that. Look. It's, it's a shame because every doctor who annuals had a picture or photo of the doctor on the cover, except for this right. one. That was something that, uh, when, when BBC took over the annuals, uh, in the last, uh, 15 years or so. And of course the annuals go back to 1965. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of, uh, and I've got the whole yeah, one got, of those too. So. I've got, um, <laughs> I've got 20, I've got 19 through, um, yeah. Do you have your I, race? Do you have the race to the TARDIS game? I do not have the race to the TARDIS game. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't have that. I have, I was the first one to make the joke. The flux card game, yeah, yeah, and I do have I have the expansion. In yes, here. Um, I don't know. I had heard one of the things that I had heard was that Chibnall said that he didn't want a lot of merch for. That's correct. Yeah, that was it was Which, even though the demand was heavy. Um, I, I kind of, on the one hand, I respect that because, like, if you again, I. I have a love-hate relationship with Disney because as much as I love Disney, I can also mm. punch the company itself for A, <laughs> their, a, a lot of their choices, and B, the way they treat their um, – do not talk – like, seriously, Disney, don't talk to me about Disney Genie Plus until you give your cast members a livable wage, and I will stand on that soapbox until the day yep. I die. Okay. Um, no, that's a fair point. I, I – like, I want – you know, I, I, I want more stuff like this. Yes. Yes. I genuinely want like, you know, fun, fun books and fun little oddities. My favorite Dr. Who story, um, aside from the comics is actually, is this oh, yeah. paper moon. Yeah, paper it moon. is so fun. It is so cute. It is so sweet. And the ending is actually really beautiful mm -hmm. because it, it, it's there. Um, I just, I love, I love this. And I would have loved to have had more. Um, I mean, I think everyone feels that way towards their doctor. Oh yes, absolutely. Or the doctor that they have said, you know, there will always be the doctor, and then there's there's my doctor. Right. And for a right. long time, Matt Smith 
was my doctor. And I will go mm-hmm. on record and saying, I think Matt Smith is like the best doctor. That's just me. No, okay. nobody, nobody throws nope. stones. Nobody throws stones. That, that is purely <laughs> just me. But Jody has become my, my second heart. Okay. My second time Lord heart. And she represents light and love and excitement over, you know, no day can really be a bad day mm-hmm. for her. There can always be something exciting and beautiful and fun. And her, you know, I I want more. It's like, yes, says, mm-hmm. I want more. Yes. More of, you, <laughs> more of you. You're like the best person I've ever met. Well, I, I did read uh, that Jody has not said goodbye forever to Doctor Who. She no, has indicated God, yeah. that big she will finish, come back for, finish, big, for specials. Big, 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 well, they, they're taking they're thinking the 60th anniversary special first uh, yeah, yeah, as a reappearance, and then big finish. Right. I think will be part of that. The uh, the uh, you know David Tennant did a lot of big finish because he had no work during the lockdown, so he thought, right. well, what the heck? And he got to work with Tom Baker. He got to oh. work with. Uh, people that have been part of the show even longer. And of course, you know, he's, you know, he's, a, he's got a doctor in the family. So that's, I, Peter Davis's uh, son-in-law. Do, yeah. Watching him do staged mm. with Michael Sheen, who. Yes. Yes. Somebody get, somebody get him on Dr. Who. My mm. God, you want an actor. Get Michael Sheen on, do- and I'm a Good Omens fan as well. Oh yeah, I love Good so, Omens. Yeah, great story. And, and all of the ref, all of the Doctor Who references in Good Omens, the tie, the um, yep. the, the Easter eggs that they throw in there. All yeah, the Easter, uh, yeah. that was so amazing. And uh, shout out for the fact that they got oh. It, Oh, Derek Jacoby yes. um, as the Metatron, which was amazing. D- just get 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 Michael Sheen on as a companion or as a future future or, doctor. Or somebody on the program. They've been they've been bringing bigger and bigger British stars onto the program uh, yeah. as it's as it's becoming more popular. Again, you know, and of course, I you know I remember very well when in '89 when they canceled the show for the first time. And wait, we waited all those years for the Doctor Who movie to come out, and it and was I'm not sorry. the savior. It wasn't the saving thing we thought it was going to be. Well, and then we waited another another seven years before Christopher Eccleston comes back out. So it's um, it's it's nice that they're gonna that we got we've got uh, Russell T Davies back at the yes. helm, and that's why I think you're gonna see merchandising pick up because he had a big um, to do with that, and um, the. There is a there's a great website. I know I tell my listeners about this all the time. The Doctor Who Merchandise Guide, which is out there, and um, the link is on our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. It's updated like every six hours with what's new and what's what's available and what's being produced and what's what's happening with that. So oh, hello. I would see. Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I absolutely found it. I just. Oh my God, the prints. Yes, yes. Oh, I want the flux. I want the flux prints. Oh, I want the <laughs> flux prints so bad. The thing is, like, give me the flux prints. Somebody, for the love of God, find me that that um the Funko with the coat. Although, good luck. Um, oh yeah. 
Well, I, just uh, before before we lose track of everything else, oh, could you please yeah, yeah, yeah. tell tell my listeners how they can find you and support you? Um, so, if you want to find me, I am primarily on. Um, uh, I am primar- primarily on TikTok with the handle. I keep forgetting exactly how to say because I just okay. go by I just go by Katie Gangel, but it's uh, Katie Gangel forty four. That's where you can find me um, on TikTok. If you want to support me, I do have a Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I would like. Really, you don't have to spend a ton of money on me if you want to. Just give me a dollar every month. Or I think I have like I have a two dollar tier every month, and that's just because you like my TikTok videos. Um, you can find me on Instagram uh under the name uh Gabriel's Angel 44, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there I yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Katie Gangel is so Katie Gangel. Um okay. pretty much anything if you find Katie Gangel or Katie G Angel, that's that's where you can find me. But I post a lot of the similar stuff that you know you can find on my um on my Patreon on not not my Patreon, I'm sorry. Um on my TikTok, TikTok because yeah. TikTok is primarily where I live where I create the videos that I create and where I just have the most fun because I love doing this. I love going out. And although I will say one thing that I did last year that I will do this year, but it's going to have a little bit more of a challenge and it's going to last year I did a charity drive for um, the make a wish foundation. And I raised about uh, $1,200 for make a wish by auctioning off a signed sonic screwdriver that I had and signed by me, signed by me, not signed by Jody. Believe me, if I had a sonic screwdriver signed by Jody, I would not sell it. Um, but I did an ice cream crawl last year, which is I went to eight shops and I bought eight ice creams and I finished them all. So this year I've decided I'm going to do it to raise money and I'm going to do it to make myself suffer. Okay. So <laughs> I will pick instead of eight, it's going to be like five okay five stops and depending upon the amount of money raised at each stop so let's say there is that crazy person out there who's like i want to kill this woman um (laughs) who who, who donates a hundred dollars at each stop i will buy the largest item at each ice cream stop and finish it and then i think I, i think i'll I think I'll keep with Make a Wish because I, I always support. I always love what they do. So that's a great. If I can, if I can, if I can do that and raise some money for Make a Wish, you know, do a charity event every year, that would be amazing. Oh, and you know, Chicago Tardis every year does a charity auction for the uh, for the food pantries. Oh, nice! And, yeah, yeah, they do those auctions every year, and uh, I know Gene was on stage pushing hard for more money, and and they raised quite a bit. So it's always great to Doctor Who fans are are givers at heart, and they absolutely. they absolutely do what they can to help uh, others, and and even if that help is just helping somebody to smile when they're feeling down exactly. and seeing their favorite doctor dressed in their favorite outfit. So this is, 
This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. And um, and uh, don't go away after we sign off. I want to ask one more favor of you before of course, you, you of go. Uh, but uh, just to just to say, everybody, uh, my guest today was Katie Haynes. She is a professional cosplayer, and uh, as you heard for the last uh, hour and forty five minutes or so, it's been just a wonderful conversation. Um, and of course, you you patrons out there can watch this conversation. She shows off her collection. She's in her costume. And um, but the rest of you, I'll give you, you I'll give you a little. Uh, well, here's another tour. Yeah, <laughs> oh, not, not maybe not a full tour, but I can give you the full. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the costume. There we go. The the full twirl. There we go. Yes. And you can only get that on our Patreon page at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. So go to oh. Patreon and select at any level. You can do that. Oh, there we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, that was great. Oh, Okay, here's here's another one for your patrons. Okay, here I we don't go. Have one. I don't just have two. I don't just have. This is going to be special. Three. Oh my goodness. I don't. <laughs> I have. Wow, that's a lot of Sonics. And we're not done. <laughs> I oh have my goodness. Backups. Oh my goodness. Backups. Where's the doctor didn't even have a backup. That's all oh, that's I incredible. Have, I have oh. backups. Oh that's oh, that's backups. amazing. That is that amazing. I have not even opened yet and I'm willing to bet you any amount of money if I went into some of my Coats. You I had some in your pockets. Yeah. <laughs> you will find random Sonics. Like I will sit down. I'll be like, "What's that in my?" Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, oh, well, everybody, my my guest. Shout out for shout out for your website. Shout out for the Who Shop and Absolutely. the books that they actually did you i had the boots that they um they asked me to promote on tiktok which i did i found another one, oh, that's I Sonic. one. <laughs> <laughs> the who shop of course is a dear friend of the podcast we we love uh the who shop north america and the who shop uk yes um uh, both great places so thank you again katie for joining me on the podcast and you uh so you know much. all of her links will be posted on the website at doctorwhocollectors.com under this episode episode 45 so uh, again, uh, stay tuned for the most outrageous offer. Ooh. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spinoff materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network.
You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. All my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization. Decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. And so today we brought, uh, we have two items here that make you beg the question, are they related? Because uh, they were both sent to me with the point out that they have the same outrageous price to different items, to different booksellers. And so... Oh, but from the same um, the same site, Abe's, abebooks.com, you can find a lot of great Doctor Who items at abebooks.com. They are not a sponsor, but I have uh, gotten some great deals from them. You just have to be careful not to pay the outrageous prices. So the two items here I have here are the Doctor Who Annual 2018. Features Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey on the front cover, uh, published in 2017. And uh, the bookseller here is Big Bang Books. They've been on the podcast before from Durham, United Kingdom, with a six-star, looks like a five-star seller rating here. They have three available. The other item is the Doctor Who TARDIS model-making kit uh, from, looks like, uh, 2007. Features David Tennant and... uh, um, bop, 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 bop. can't tell what else is on the cover. The cover image is not very uh, good, and I don't have this in the collection. But uh, this is from uh, Book Factory from Corset, United Kingdom. So both items are exactly the same price, $1,388.67, with the exact same shipping cost of $60.67. So I wonder if these are the same seller um, using two different names. And just, you know, looking at this here, they both have the same seller rating. Uh, Although this seller, um, the Book Factory, says they've been online since August 4th, 2010. And the other one has been on since October 7th, 2016. I'm a little suspicious here because um, it sounds like these are about the same, you know, they're probably the same person behind the thing. Now, you can get the Doctor Who Annual 2018, two new copies for $25 or used copies starting at $3.25. The TARDIS model making kit, you can get, it uh, looks like a new copy for $69, that's still a bit high, or or several used copies starting from $1.04. Um, and, uh, basically it's the same kind of idea as the build your own TARDIS book from back in the target days, 1987, where you pop out the, the parts and you build the TARDIS. We're going to do that on the podcast. One of these, uh, uh, sometime this year with a video, I've got two copies of the book, so we're going to build the TARDIS. Uh, so maybe we'll do this TARDIS model make, this is the interior of the TARDIS. So interesting there. And of course, everybody knows about the annual 2018. That's um, 
that's been out for a couple of years. And you can actually find copies on Amazon. You can find them on eBay for a lot less than $1388.67. So I declare these to be outrageous offers. I will post these links to these two books, this exact listing, uh, if they're still available by the time this is published, sometimes they disappear because I often write back uh, when I find them and say, do you mean to have this price? And sometimes that changes or, oh, well, we made an error on the pricing. I'm like, yeah, before somebody actually paid it. So be aware of those prices out there. Don't pay more than you have to. So that present that was the most outrageous offer. If you have a most outrageous offer, um, send us the link to Doctor Who Collector's podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I hesitated there. Doctor Who Collectors podcast at gmail.com with the subject heading outrageous offer so we don't ignore it. Um, and make sure that uh, you include the links. We will check it out. We will vet it. We'll make some inquiries. And uh, if you'd like your name right on the air, let us know. This person asked us not to read their name on the air, so we are not going to do that. And we're very happy to present that. Keeping collectors safe from paying too high a price. And that concludes the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I want to first of all thank my guest, Katie Haynes, the professional cosplayer. It was a great conversation. You can find her uh, links on our website to follow her or, or patronize her or whatever you want to do. Um, and of course, stay tuned for our next episode. We will have Sadie Miller, the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen, and we're going to talk about Sarah Jane Smith and Elizabeth Sladen related collectibles. So stay tuned there. And also Fraser Hines for singing our theme song. This has been the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Doctor Who Podcast Network.